Hey everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Before we get going, I just wanted to take a minute to brag on the crew over at SaveWithConrad.com. I just saw an incredible five-star review from Zach up in Roselle park, New Jersey. He left us a five-star review over at ConradReviews.com. Go take a look for yourself. Here's what Zach had to say. Exceptional service by Jimmy and the team. We started talking back in spring of 2020. Jimmy was right there when we were ready in 2021. We shaved off eight years from our original mortgage. In the end, we'll wind. In the end, we will save over $200,000 just in interest. Guys, do you hear me? $200,000 he saved all because he listened to this podcast. What are you waiting for? If you're in a 30 year loan, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And I don't know how long we can do this, but right now we can even approve credit scores in the five hundreds. That's right. We're going down to a 580 credit score. You have three credit scores. As long as two of your scores are 580 or better, man, you can start saving money today. And by the way, that's a government backed loan. That's an FHA loan with the best interest rate you've ever had. Get the best deal you've ever had for your family with my family at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? If you haven't already, you don't have to make your November or your December payment. You're done until next year. And come next year, you could be saving a boatload of cash. Like my man Zachary up in New Jersey. He saved 200 grand. How much can you save? Find out right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Well, he won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. He's a real athlete, so give him your respect. He's got intensity, integrity, intelligence, too. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On today's show, we'll be doing Ask Kurt Anything, where you, the fans, can ask me anything that you want. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, John Alba. How you doing today, John? Kurt, this is one of the coolest days of my career. It's true. It is damn true. I promise you that, and I'm so grateful that you're letting me hop on and co-host here. We have such a great lineup of talent on our network, obviously, Conrad, Paul Bromwell always does a great job. But now I get a chance to go one-on-one with the man that's on my pro wrestling Mount Rushmore. And I mean that. It means a <laughs> lot you, to me, brother. man. I'm I appreciate very excited. that. Thank you. And it's a special episode because we are answering all the questions here that all of your great fans want to know. All you had to do was tweet at us at The Angle Pod. Check us out on Instagram at The Angle Pod and just use that hashtag ask Kurt. And we got so many questions, Kurt. So do you want to just hop right in and get to it? Let's jump in it, man. Let's do it. Our first question comes to us from ringside rant that wants to know what is more possible of happening? You becoming a agent coach in a promotion or opening your own training school. Now, if I'm not mistaken, one of these already happened. Yes. I was an agent for WWE for about a year and a half. And, uh, I actually enjoyed it. I, I don't know if I would start a wrestling school or a training school right now because of my work schedule, 
Uh, you know, I'm busy with the podcast and my supplement company, Physically Fit Nutrition, but maybe someday. But I would say that I would probably end up doing uh, the agent coach before I would uh, the training school. If I'm not mistaken, you were offered a shot to be an NXT coach at one point, right? Yes, yes. Uh, they they wanted me to basically, from Zoom, believe it or not, they wanted wow. me to do tapes and uh, talk to the talent about uh, the wrestling, uh, watching their matches with them, uh, going over promo segments. Uh, it was a it was a pretty cool offer, but um, at the time, I just couldn't do it. Well, hopefully, that's something we get to see down the line because I think there's a lot that people could learn from not just watching your career, but listening to you talk about it. That's why we have uh, the Kurt Angle show here. And that's I why am we a man have. of wisdom, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of a man of wisdom, one of our top guys, Lopez says, Kurt, thank you for the coconut oil recommendation on keeping the dome looking good on a recent top guys chat game changer. When it comes to shaving, do you have any words of wisdom here? Do you use a straight edge razor or something else? Oh, I have to use a regular razor. If I had a straight razor, I'd, cut myself up pretty badly. So I cut myself up pretty badly enough as it is with a regular razor. So I'm going to stick with that. I, I have to imagine that it was probably some sort of an adjustment for you after you had the head shaved, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I wasn't shaving my head. Um, when, when I started, I had my uh, family do it. So, um, I didn't even know how to do it. And, uh, you know, I, I, like I said before, my motor skills have always been horrible, but I started teaching myself how to do it. And I started shaving my head eventually, but at first I wasn't doing it. I had people doing it for me. Very interesting. Let's move on now to Nick. And Nick says there were a few photographs doing the rounds of Kurt in a wheelchair posing with fans after a few UK events for TNA around 2017, 2018, how banged up was Kurt and did anyone from TNA potentially want him to stop wrestling due to his physical condition? Well, TNA always gave me the opportunity to um, take a break whenever I wanted to. Uh, I pretty much had uh, power to do or wrestle when I wanted to and not wrestle when I wanted to. And, um, you know, at that point in time, I believe that was 2016. It wasn't 2017 because I was in WWE in 2017. Right. I think he meant 2016. I had some horrible injuries. And when I was in the UK, I had a blown out hamstring. Uh, my knee was messed up. I had to have surgery on that. Uh, and I had a groin problem and uh, I had to be wheeled around in a, in a wheelchair. It was very humbling, uh, you know, knowing that I couldn't really walk or go anywhere. Although I did wrestle, <laughs> I don't know how I taped up the hamstring, wrapped it really tightly and, uh, did my thing. And afterward I was sore as heck. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was very humbled by sitting in that wheelchair. I, I never want to do that again. I'm sure Mrs. Angle was thrilled with the idea that you were in a wheelchair and then going and wrestling every night. <laughs> yeah. She was pretty pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've gotten a chance to know Mrs. Angle a little bit and uh, she is not the type of person that you want to be on the wrong side of. That is You're exactly right. My friend, <laughs> and I love her to death. <laughs> She's the best Giovanna shout out to you. Uh, let's move on to Lindsay. What was supposed to be the reason for your storyline with Charmel and Booker T? It seems so out of place and unusual for your character. Were you hesitant about it before agreeing to go along with it? Now, I know on past episodes of the Kurt Angle show, you have talked about this and you did say that you weren't totally comfortable with this. So where did the idea come from and how did it evolve? 
I have no idea where the idea came from. I think that Vince McMahon, you know, Vince is kind of a, kind of a ribber, uh, you know, he, he'll do stuff to mess with you a little bit and, uh, to kind of, you know, shove it in your face. And I think that he thought I had this fetish for black women. Really? I like all women, white, black, Hispanic. It doesn't matter. My wife is half Hispanic, half Italian. And, um, you know, so I think Vince thought I had this fetish for black women and he thought it'd be a funny program. And I was not comfortable by any means. I had so much respect for Booker T and Charmel to do that and pretend I was stalking his wife. It was just, it was the worst angle I've ever done. Worst storyline I've ever done. I did it anyway, because I've always been a team player, but I was not comfortable doing it. I feel like not a lot of people give the Booker T Charmel pairing the credit that they deserve. What were your thoughts on them as a team together? Oh, they were, they were incredible. Very entertaining. Uh, Charmel never missed the spot. She was on all the time. Uh, she had great timing. Booker T is one of the best wrestlers I've ever gotten the ring with. Those two together were unstoppable. Boy, we just love talking about our friend Steven Singer. And I'll tell you, the competition must really hate Steven Singer. You see, Steven's not focusing on sales, coupons, or discounts. No, no. Steven is in the love business. And to celebrate love with his guests means giving the very best price every single day. Steven is the first to offer the perfect price. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down to make you feel like you're getting a deal. The guy next to you may be paying less. Is that how you want to purchase something special for someone special? Steven doesn't play those pricing games. You can trust Steven Singer Jewelers for the best value every single day. He stands behind that value with the best guarantee in the business and no risk shopping. That's why we trust Steven Singer. Buy real jewelry from a real jeweler. Visit Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. It's I hate Steven singer.com. That's I hate Steven singer.com. Well, speaking of best wrestlers you've ever been in the ring with, let's talk Shinsuke Nakamura wrestling historian asks, what did you think of Shinsuke Nakamura after working with him? And Kurt, that was February 17, 2008. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura defeated you to unify the IWGP heavyweight championship. I have to imagine Nakamura in his prime, that had to be a career highlight for you. Oh, it was. And Nakamura was pretty young at the time. And uh, he was very talented. I, we had a great match, great chemistry together. First time we ever worked, first time we ever touched. And uh, I knew he had a huge future. I knew if he came over here and entered the WWE, he would end up being a big star. And he did. He did that. Do you think he's reached the potential that he could with the American audience? Because I th I've seen a lot of criticism about that in his handling. He had the big main event WrestleMania match at your return WrestleMania. Any thoughts on that? I, you know, he, he's gotten opportunities, but I, I don't think they follow through entirely. I think that he should be on another level. Uh, you know, he, he's not just a great wrestler. He's entertaining. You Very. know. Come on, you know, you know that, <laughs> the way he is, his charisma is off the charts. And I think someone like that should be a huge superstar for the company. You're obviously known for your shooting style, but he's the king of strong style. Did you enjoy working that really 
physical style of pro wrestling with him. Yeah, I prefer that. And that's why I went over to Japan. I worked over there for a couple of years and I had a lot of fun doing it. And the strong style is incredible. That's what I like doing. And that's what I did. And it was awesome stuff. And you should check out a lot of Kurt's New Japan stuff. I, I really found all that very entertaining. And it allowed you to kind of show a different side of you, too, which uh, it's amazing. Your career is just kind of part of that. You're a serial reinventor while staying within your own box. And I think that's really, really cool. So go check that stuff out if you haven't had a chance to yet. Let's move on to Dave McClay. Who does Kurt think are the all-time greatest women's wrestlers? All time. Wow. Uh, you know, you have to go back in the past, you know, from what I saw, Trish Stratus, Lita, uh, Mickey James, Gail Kim, um, uh, recently today, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, um, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch. Uh, these girls are, are prime. I mean, uh, they're actually better than a lot of the guys. Uh, they, they really are. I think Charlotte Flair, Flair might be one of the absolute best wrestlers in the whole entire world, male or female. That's how good she is. And these girls really stepped up. But I would say the best ever from today is the girls I mentioned and the ones I mentioned from earlier in my career. That was in the past. I want to build off of that, though, because you mentioned how great those ones in the past were. We also know how they were showcased. They were in brawn panties matches and they were objectified quite often. If those women had been given the time that today's women are and the investment that the Bianca Belairs and the Charlotte Flairs are, who do you think would have been a huge breakout star? Well, I think that um, fans and the company really started to take Trish Stratus very seriously. Sure. She started having some time, getting time and having great matches. And uh, Lita, you know, Lita was... Um, always with the Hardys, but when she spawned off on to a singles career, she did extremely well too. But I would say those two are the two best. What are your thoughts on Molly Holly? She's someone who just joined the company as a producer backstage. Molly was great. I just don't think she reached her potential, her level that she should have. Uh, I don't blame that on her. I think that that, that was the company's fault. Um, I, I do know that, you know, her being the squeaky clean Molly Holly uh, might have affected her, might have hurt her, um, her character, her, her, you know, her wrestling style. Uh, but um, I thought she was awesome. I, I, I would put her up there too. Great talent and a great person that all those performers yeah. in WWE are learning from right now. No doubt about that. And a Hall of Famer as well. One of your uh, co-teammates there. So uh, yeah. checking out Tony's question here, Tony Flowers. Kurt, do you think your lack of pro wrestling fandom was beneficial to you or was it a hindrance? You mentioned you watched a lot of old wrestling when you joined WWE. Did this help you in any tangible way, like promos or psychology? I think that's an awesome question. It is an awesome question. Um, I, I, I didn't know anything about pro wrestling when I joined. Um, as a matter of fact, in 1996, I, I had no clue. I thought that the business was about fighting for yourself, uh, <laughs> politicking for yourself. And you, you know, you should never lose. You should always win. I didn't understand about putting each other over. And um, so I, you know, I had to learn that. And I also had to learn the psychology, um, you know, watching matches, seeing how they structured them, you know, watching Bret Hart wrestle, uh, Kurt Hennig, um, you know, uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage, uh, these were matches that I watched religiously because 
I had a lot of catching up to do. I, you know, I, when I started in 1998, I never watched rap pro wrestling. I, I wasn't a fan. I was told not to watch it because I was an amateur wrestler. So it, it was, uh, it was a very big adjustment, but I'm a student of the game. When I get into something and I focus on it, I do extremely well at that. I, I excel. And I knew if I studied this properly, I would do really well too. So I, I put my heart and soul into it and studied tapes and got in the ring and, you know, worked on my technique and on my psychology. The only thing I didn't work on, and I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it are the promos. <laughs> I, I, no one ever really taught me how to do it. Um, I, I didn't teach myself. I, I was basically thrown into fire when I started, uh, you know, the, as far as uh, cutting promos and doing pre-tapes, I didn't know how, I how I would do. I thought that Vince McMahon at the beginning was going to utilize me as a wrestler only, uh, maybe uh, be on main event every week instead of Raw or SmackDown. I, I, I didn't know. I, I kept my limit. I kept my expectations low because um, back then they didn't have a lot of training camps. I went to the Dory Funk Dojo three times for five days each, and that was about it. Now they have NXT. You know, they these guys are getting the best of the best of the, the training and uh, uh, trainers, uh, people that are teaching them uh, every aspect of, of, of sports entertainment. I didn't have that luxury. So I had to, I had to learn on the fly. Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. You said a lot of great things there. And to uh, borrow one of my brethren's quotes, uh, I want to unpack that a little bit. So you said that promo work was not something that was part of your game at all when you came in. And, and I think if you watch your career unfold, that's evident that you slowly learned it on the fly. Was there anyone that it was recommended you go out and watch and try to learn from their promo style at all? Well, I started watching the top guys, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Rock, Triple H, uh, trying to parlay my, my style more toward their, theirs. Even though I, you know, I, my character was a lot different than theirs. Uh, I, I wanted to make sure my promo style was, um, uh, you know, identical to theirs. So, uh, you know, I just watched the best of the best and learned from that. So you said that you had never watched anything because you were explicitly told, don't watch it. Is there anyone backstage in particular that you can think of that said, hey, Kurt, you should go watch Owen Hart matches. You should go watch Bret Hart. You should go watch Randy Savage. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jerry Briscoe, Pat Patterson, Johnny Laurinaitis. They all told me, you know, get to work, you know, start studying and, and you're going to educate yourself. And, uh, you know, they, they gave me a lot of advice too. So I, I couldn't complain about that. Th those guys were always there for me and they, they uh, did a tremendous job of teaching me. It's really cool that we got this question, the batch, because I've actually thought about it a lot. And, and I work on the independent scene. And I was talking about this with a wrestler that I've worked with, a woman's wrestler who just cracked the PWI top 150. And she did not start watching wrestling until 2018 when she happened to be watching a WrestleMania match. 
that involved Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Ronda Rousey, and Kurt <laughs> Angle. And that was her first match that she ever watched. And now she's one of the top wrestlers on the independent scene. Do you feel that it's beneficial to come in with a cold slate at all? Or do you think it is required that you should have some background knowledge at this point? I, I really think you need background knowledge. Uh, you know, I, I think growing up as a fan gives you a head start. Uh, not, not watching it or not knowing anything about it. Uh, it's going to take you a little bit more time to adjust. Uh, but, you know, some people just have it and some people don't have it. And I think that this young lady has it and I had it and we were very fortunate. She's great. And much like your younger self, it's just taking it to water. And I think that's really, really cool. Let's move on now to top guy, Mike Whitaker. Kurt, my 11-year-old is trying out for the middle school wrestling team. Do you have any pointers I can tell him? He's a smaller size kid. P.S. At first, he did think of WWE wrestling. Then I showed him your match from the Olympics, and now he's all in. I would say be patient. Uh, if he's starting out in junior high, uh, seventh grade or sixth grade or whatever, um, for, mo- for the most part, he's behind the eight ball. Uh, a lot of these kids start in elementary school, and they get more experience. But I started in middle school, too, and I took my lumps, but I never gave up. And I continued to train and I continued to work hard and I continued to compete in matches. And eventually I started winning. And then I then then it became in where I was never losing anymore. So what I'm saying is he needs to be very patient um, because um, he's going to take his lumps. And uh, it's a brutal sport. It's really tough. And, uh, you know, you're, you know, wrestling and losing, um, it's, it's a, it's a big adjustment because you're, you lose confidence when you lose. And the thing is, I didn't do that. When I, when I got beat, I, I wanted to figure out every way possible of how, if I wrestled this kid again, how I would beat him. So I was always thinking of different ways to improve myself. So that when I wrestled the, the the person again, I would end up beating them. Um, you know, a good game plan, uh, you know, tactics, uh, tech, working on technique. So you just have to be patient. He needs to be patient and know he's going to take his lumps and eventually the winning will start occurring. Do you find that a lot that a lot of young kids hear wrestling and they think it's WWE, but then <laughs> yeah. they're in for a little bit of a shock when they in the yeah. Yeah. But you know what? A lot of them, even though they, they, they're a little bit disappointed at first, they actually think that amateur wrestling is pretty cool. So, um, you know, I, I do agree to a certain extent that, uh, you know, kids are going to, you know, think WWE and, uh, when they get to amateur wrestling, they're going to be, uh, disappointed, you know, but for the most part, most kids really like the, the physicality of amateur wrestling. So they, they think it's pretty cool. And, you know, when you're an amateur wrestler, you're a badass. And, you know, you know that because um, anybody that gets into wrestling knows it's the toughest sport in the world. I wish I heard that advice when I was in middle school because I did one day of amateur wrestling and that was it. So that was it. No <laughs> I, I wish I heard the Kurt Angle advice at that point. I was too busy watching him on TV and wanting to be him instead. So uh, that was that. Uh, Kenny Holmes asked, was there a particular match or point in your career that you can remember when you realized that you were one of the greatest to ever jump into the ring. That's tough. Uh, you know what? I, I, I actually realized that early on in my career, I'd say two and a half years into it. I knew 
that I was special. I knew that uh, I caught on very quickly and I knew by 2002, I was one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, it, it, it was very evident to see that. And uh, it was evident where the company was pushing me. And uh, I knew that I was one of the very top guys. And, um, you know, at one point I was the top guy for, for a little bit of time before John Cena took over. And um, uh, it, it was, um, it was really cool. I, I, I really enjoyed um, being a part of that. Can you think of one match in particular that was a, wow, I'm really good at what I do. <laughs> Let me see. Um, I would say 2003 Royal Rumble, Chris Ben. Mm. Um, mm. the, the, the match was incredible. Um, the false finishes were amazing. The submission trade-offs were all there. It had the ingredients of one of the greatest matches of all time. And we did, we went over 30 minutes. So it was, you know, we put in the time as well. And the match was exciting as hell. Tales from the road. Volume two is live on Kickstarter from headlock comics. And it's featuring comic book stories co-created by the biggest names in wrestling. This 126 page collection includes 12 stories by names like AJ styles, Rob Van Dam, Thunder Rosa, Matt Cardona, and Brian Myers, Pentagon, John Morrison. And oh yeah. It features a gorgeous painted cover by WWE Hall of Famer, Jerry, the King Lawler. Backstarters can also choose a creep show inspired Danhausen cover. That's only available through Kickstarter. So what are you waiting for? Go to kickstarter.com and get your copy of tales from the road. Volume two that's kickstarter.com. And don't forget to look for headlock comics, tales from the road, volume two that's tales from the road, volume two from headlock comics. And the way to find it is kickstarter.com. I would also argue that that match elevated Chris Benoit to a totally different level in WWE and showed people that he could be one of the top guys as well. So I'm he deserved to be totally with you on that one. Uh, Bryant wants to know, was there ever any superstar that you pushed for TNA to hire while you were there? Now, obviously there are contractual obligations that people need to fulfill and you can't tamper with, but was there anyone that you went to management and said, Hey, you should go take a look at this person. No, I never recruited for WWE. I never tried to scout for them. I didn't think it was right. Uh, if anybody came to me for advice, I would give it to them. But um, if someone, you know, maybe someone might've called me and said, Hey, what do you think of TNA? I would tell them that I loved it. You know, I, I enjoy being in the company, but I never really recruited anybody or, or tried to, steal someone from another company. So with that said, who is someone from that era of WWE who you feel would have been a great fit for TNA? Gosh, uh, Chris Jericho, um, Eddie Guerrero, Mm. (laughs) those guys, um, they they would have carried the company on their backs and uh, they would have done extremely well. They've always done well, whether they were in WCW or WWE, didn't matter. I mean, AEW now, look at Chris Jericho. He's still going. Amazing. As good as he's ever been. It's just unbelievable. But I think those two guys would have been uh, uh, really good for TNA. I totally agree with that. I think Chris Jericho would have been hilarious in the main event mafia, adding a little bit of a flair (laughs) to it. And that actually is a perfect segue for us because our next question comes from Michael McClanahan. who says, what are Kurt's favorite memories of the main event mafia storyline in 2008, 2009? And what were some of his favorite moments from their feud with the TNA frontline? 
Well, we had a great program with the front line, Samoa Joe and AJ. That that was a lot of fun to do. But the cool thing about the main event mafia was we had five guys that were really special, and bringing them all together and making this clan, this new um, uh, uh, faction, was uh, one of the best things I ever did. And I, I didn't ask to be the godfather of the of the group. Um, they actually decided for me to do that. The guys voted. And said, let's make Kurt the, the the godfather because he's the workhorse of the company. So they they knew that I worked my, you know, I I had mo- most of the matches. And, uh, you know, I was uh, one, the guy that was, I was the top guy in the company that was carrying the company. So that, that was really cool that they did that. But these guys were so good and they were so experienced. And uh, I, I love being with them. They were entertaining. They were funny. Uh, you know, we, we, we would get really serious at times, but we were having a blast doing this. This is one of the best factions in the history of professional wrestling. Of course, it's not going to get the notoriety that other ones have done like the shield or, you know, DX because it wasn't, uh, in WWE, it was in TNA. So unfortunately we'll never get that credit, but, uh, we deserve it. Is there ever any hesitance when someone in creative comes to you and says, Hey, we want you to kind of reinvent and do something different here. Or do you embrace opportunities like that? I embrace opportunities like that. I, I want to do something different. I want to uh, change uh, my character and keep it fresh and new. So I've always been uh, on board with that. Is there anybody you can think of that would have fit really well in the main event mafia that didn't have an opportunity to mix and mangle with them? Oh, that's tough. Um, you know what? The, the thing is, I think we had all the guys that were experienced, um, that had a bunch of years of wrestling behind them. I can't think of anybody else that had the, you know, the quote unquote 20 plus years. Right. I was the only one in the group that wasn't 20, 20 plus years at the time. That's crazy. Uh, all the other guys that's were so crazy, heavily experienced. And that's what the main event mafia was all about was to have the, the guys that already had the huge success, the very top guys in every company, they come together and make a faction. So it was a very special group. And they took a shoot vote to say, hey, we want you to be the forefront of this thing. Yeah, yeah, which was really cool. I, I didn't expect that, but that was that was uh, they decided, you know, the, to vote Kurt Angle in as the godfather. That's so awesome. And I think that speaks a lot to the level of respect that you commanded during that time, especially you were the one who made that jump to TNA. You took that bet on yourself. And I think that's really cool that they were able to pay that forward to you. It was cool. Definitely. The nineties wrestling podcast says, Kurt, you have any thoughts on Ron breaker from NXT? And is he someone you could see WWE being built around? Yeah. Braun is a talented individual. I love his style. Uh, he's very physical. Um, I think that the company could do a lot of good with him. Uh, I don't know if he's the guy that you want to build the company around, but I, I do believe that he should be one of the very top guys. Eventually he's that talented. I think that um, he could be something very special if they use him. Right. I know I would get hundreds of tweets if I did not ask this question, Kurt. So what do you think of the name Braun Breaker and not leaning into the Steiner heritage? <laughs> um, 
you know what the, the the kid can decide for himself what he wants to call himself i don't sure i don't you know i i don't really uh i i wouldn't be take offense to it so i don't think it's a problem was it ever pitched to you that you'd go under a different name in wwe at all or was it always going to be kurt angle it was always going to be kurt angle because vince mcmahon felt that uh you know let's use the olympic gold medal and uh what kurt has truly accomplished and let's make a character out of him and he he did man he ran with that character and he made not only made me um legitimate he uh he made me very funny and, and entertaining you know kind of a dork but um, <laughs> I, I liked doing it and it was a lot of fun i had a blast i think it's fun to think about an alternate timeline where there's an angle curtis out there as the main eventer the olympic uh, gold medalist instead of kurt angle so <laughs> it's <laughs> just hilarious. a just a little what if hey everybody wayne allen root the king of vegas sports gambling and america's odds maker and by the way the media is the one who gave me those brand names. 36 years, the best of the business with my own star on the Vegas Walk of Stars with Frank Sinatra, Elvis and Wayne Newton. Not too shabby. Former odds maker and NFL analyst for CNBC in those days was called Financial News Network. Today it's called CNBC. And I was the best in the world at what I did on national TV for several years with CNBC. And now I bring all my expertise, winning point spread advice picking winners, making you money, profitability. It's all about winning on NFL and college football and basketball and baseball and every sport you can name at VegasWinners.com. So far this season, I've started out on fire, 23-8 and eight in the NFL, unheard of, almost 80% winners, 12-1 and one with the biggest TV games, primetime, Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night games, and 4-0 and oh with four games of the year. In the last four weeks, I've now won 13 of my last 15 NFL Sundays, and every record I just quoted you is independently documented and monitored by an independent service, so you know you get honesty and credibility and integrity with every pick from Wayne Allen Root. So go to VegasWinners.com right now. Register. It takes less than a minute to register, and then you're off and running with $1,000 in free coupons. Yes, I'm giving you $1,000 in free winners to start you off at VegasWinners.com. Go check it out. Best sports handicapping site in the world, VegasWinners.com. If I'm not your cup of tea, I went out and found 21 of the greatest sports handicappers in the world, all 21 in a lineup at VegasWinners.com, giving you their best point spread winners every single day, seven days a week. Vegas winners. Dot com. Uh, uh, Michael Gavin Ali says, Kurt, I, I know you share your issues with addiction. When was the point it got worse? And did you know that you needed help? And did it lead you into a better person today? Now, before you answer this, I can't encourage people enough. Go check out the episode of the Kurt Angle show where Kurt talked about leaving WWE because there was a very emotional moment in it. I was actually driving, picking up some food and it hit when you were talking about your meeting with Vince McMahon. And I, my, my heart just sunk. And I have to imagine that that was a big look in the mirror kind of moment for you. Yeah, it was, um, very difficult. Um, I, John, ask the question again. Sure. Of course. Uh, he, he says, Kurt, I know you share your issues with addiction. When was the point that it got worse and did you know that you needed help and how did it lead to you becoming a better person today? Well, it got worse when I switched from the painkillers to alcohol and, uh, 
you know, I did what an addict always does. They transfer from one drug to another. They say they're better because they're not taking that drug anymore, but they're, they went on to another drug. And I made some horrible decisions. Um, I had four DUIs in five years. Um, you know, the last DUI I got, my wife, I called her from the jail and I said, I'm in jail again. I, I got hit for DUI. And she said, listen, I can't do this anymore. You either have to go to rehab or I'm leaving you. And it was like, whoa, um, you know, this is, this is pretty serious. I, I can't be in denial anymore. And I, I faced myself and uh, looked myself in the mirror and said, okay, this is time. You need to not only do this for yourself, but do it for your family. You're ruining your life. You're ruining your career. You're ruining your reputation. It's, it's time to, to make a change. And I, I believe it was in 2013 in August that I went to rehab and I've been clean ever since. Well, we're all very grateful for that. And, and you should be very proud of that as well. And I, I think when you talk about stuff like addiction or mental health or whatever it may be, people at first may be in denial about it um, from your experiences uh, what would you give as a piece of advice to people who are struggling to confront stuff like that? Well, I think if they're not able to um, go to their families and talk about it, they need to find somebody to talk about it. Uh, wh whether it be someone that's in uh, the addiction uh, business or, you know, a doctor or someone or, or a sponsor, uh, a, an addict that uh, has recovered, um, you know, they, they need to get advice. They need to talk to people. The only way that you're going to change your habit is by admitting that you have a, an addiction and that you want to get help. And if you don't, if you don't do that, you're never going to get better. And eventually you're going to die. Uh, th that's what happens to everybody and anybody that continues on with their addiction. They end up overdosing. So you have to make that decision. You have to look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm an addict. I admit it. I need help. I think that's a great piece of advice. And it also helps when you have a strong Latina Italian uh, in your household who's ready to lay down the law for you. So once again, Mrs. Angle coming through big. She's uh, a badass. <laughs> shout out to Giovanna there. Uh, Jam Wagner says, Kurt, any stories from wrestlers court, either involving you or another wrestler? And also did <laughs> TNA have a wrestlers court like in WWE? And TNA did not have a wrestler's court. WWE did. And I, I remember there was one, one case, if you want to call it that. Let's hear it. It was the writer, Brian Gewertz. Mm. Um, he was accused from the prosecuting attorney, Bradshaw, John Bradshaw Layfield. Um, he was accused of favoring certain talent to write for them. That talent being me, Jericho, The Rock, and Edge and Christian. And um, the, the, the judge was Undertaker. And Brian had to go to court. And facing Bradshaw, you're not going to win. <laughs> so Brian had to defend himself. And Bradshaw was the prosecuting attorney. And what happened was, you know, a lot of the wrestlers got to speak their minds about Brian not writing for them. But listen, Brian was told who to write for. It wasn't like that, you know, he got to pick and choose, it, but, but he did find chemistry with certain people. And when he did that, he would put a little more time and effort into those people that he had chemistry with. So I understand Brian, but I also understand the boys being upset. 
because Brian did write specifically for Rock, me, Jericho, and Edge and Christian, I think Hurricane Helms. And um, so I understand why they did what they did, but the end of the court, um, uh, the, the end of the hearing, Brian uh, had to buy five cases of beer for the wrestlers. So at least uh, they didn't do anything physical to him. They only, um, you know, made him buy beer. <laughs> well, shout out to Brian, who's working side by side with Dwayne Johnson these days. I think maybe there might have been a little bias there, uh, if that gives any indication. Hey, listen up. Do you feel overwhelmed when it comes to handling personal finances? You aren't the only one. Credit Karma is here to help you make those big calls with more confidence. Whether you're refinancing credit card debt or paying for an upcoming expense, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you fresh personal loan offers that are personalized to you. It's completely free and easy to sign up for a Credit Karma account with no effect on your credit score, making it simple to search for the right personal loan for you. Credit Karma will even show you your approval odds so you can choose offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. On Credit Karma, you can check out multiple loan offers side by side with easy to compare estimated terms to make sure you get the best deal. And once you have a loan, Credit Karma can help you track your progress as you pay off your debt and even let you know if you can refinance and save. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. Ready to apply? Head over to creditkarma.com forward slash loan offers to see personalized offers with your approval odds right now. Go to creditkarma.com forward slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com forward slash loan offers. That's creditkarma.com forward slash loan offers. Uh, was Brian one of the smarter creative minds that you've ever had a chance to work with, especially in WWE? Him and Vince Russo are the two best minds I've ever uh, been a part of uh, in the business. Uh, I think Brian was the reason why he was so good is he was a writer. He went to college to write uh, Syracuse university and he was a wrestling fan his whole entire life. And being a writer and a wrestling fan, you know, that's a perfect mix to be a writer for WWE. And he was extremely talented. He came up with some of the most entertaining, funniest segments I've ever been a part of uh, the way he wrote for the rock and Jericho and myself and edge and Christian. We were the most entertaining guys uh, on the show. And rightfully so because brian was writing for us can you give us an example of one famous kurt angle segment that brian wrote sexy kurt there it is there it is <laughs> sexy kurt he wrote the the milk uh uh the milk segment uh with Milkamania. his idea Milkamania with the milk truck uh brian was really talented all the promos i did it was all brian's writing none of the ideas were mine he strictly wrote everything out for me and I didn't have to do any work. No, no, uh, uh, no studying or, or, uh, you know, writing stuff down. Brian did it for me and he presented it to me. I would read it and I would, uh, go, go, um, um, display it. And, uh, you know, um, what would you call that? I would perform it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, Brian was so talented though. I had so much fun working with that kid. So what I'm hearing is he was guilty as hell in wrestlers court. That's yeah. Yeah. He might. <laughs> I mean, but, but you have to understand, you know, each writer is only going to have five of or course. six guys to write for. Of course. And, uh, you know, we had like 10 or 12 writers. So, you know, Brian, he might've picked his favorites, uh, but, but he was the top writer in the company. So rightfully so he could do that. 
Maybe JBL was just trying to pad his court record with that one. Seems like a pretty easy take. <laughs> yeah, JBL. Uh, JBL can be a son of a bitch at times. <laughs> Adal Berisha says, what do you think of Squid Game? Okay, I don't understand this. Okay. People are desperate for money because they're in debt and they're willing to die for it. Is this a work or a shoot? <laughs> To I'm my serious. knowledge, to my knowledge, it was a work and not a shoot. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that would be, uh, first of all, wouldn't it be a liability if they actually uh, filmed that? And people yes. I'm pretty died? sure it's a scripted drama. <laughs> and uh, this I haven't actually, watched it. I just saw some of the previews and it was like, okay, I don't know if this is a work or a shoot, but this is crazy if it's a shoot. <laughs> this past week's episode of Being the Elite actually was a 25-minute long spoof of Squid Game. So there's okay, a little... well, I heard it's number one on Netflix, right? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. I have watched one episode of it. I don't know if it's my cup of tea, but if you're into those like very intense thrillers where you're just on your seat, the edge of your seat the entire time, uh, you're going to be feeling that. So hey, hey. If that's what floats your boat, definitely go check it out. The holidays are approaching and you may be thinking about how you're going to save some extra money. Well, I've got a solution that maybe you haven't thought of. Consolidate your high interest rate credit card balances to a lower rate and save with Lightstream. Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans with rates starting at just 4.98% APR with auto pay and excellent credit, much lower than the national average interest rate on credit cards of over 19% APR. Plus, your rate is fixed. So as rates continue to rise, your low rate won't budge. There are no fees, and you can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. I can speak to this personally, guys. Back in 2015, old baby mama needed a car, and I found the right car. I just needed the right deal. And Lightstream got me the best deal I've ever had. And just for my listeners, you can apply now to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. Now, the only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash angle. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash angle. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 4.98% APR to 19.99% APR and include a half a percent auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash angle for more information. Uh, Dave S or says rather, I was at your hall of fame induction and it was a blast and such an awesome moment to celebrate your career. How did it feel to look back at your career and how much fun was it to incorporate some of those special moments into your induction? You of course did the uh, double milk clap and, doused yourself in it that nice tuxedo maybe you had to go to the dry cleaner an extra day what was that moment like for you kurt it was so much fun i got to relive my past you know doing the milk segment uh, with the two uh, half gallons of milk and uh, throwing them back and you know the cowboy um hat you know uh, also singing sexy kurt uh the crazy thing is five minutes before my speech the writers came into my green room and they said, hey, we need you to be very entertaining tonight. I'm like, well, I already have my speech ready. They're like, well, is there anything entertaining in it? I said, well, it's a bunch of thank yous. They're like, no, you got to do some entertaining. <laughs> I said, what do you want me to do? They said, if you need anything, tell us and we'll get it for you. I said, I'm, I'm on in five minutes. He said, I'll, we'll get it for you. 
before, before five minutes is up. I said, well, give me uh, two quarts of milk and a cowboy hat. And they said, that's all you need. I said, yes. So I, I did the hall of fame, fame speech and I added the, um, you know, the cowboy hat in and sang sexy Kurt and then drank the milk at the end. And um, the, the segment, I, I, I was really happy with the uh, turnout of my hall of fame speech. If so those writers didn't come in and tell me that five minutes before my speech wouldn't have been entertaining at all. So, so it was a bunch of just, I want to thank you. And I want to thank this guy and this woman. And that's all it was, was a bunch of thank yous. They just happened to have quarts of milk, a tiny cowboy hat, all just laying around at the arena. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how five minutes before I went out there, but they got it. I think me. they were ribbing you, Kurt. I think, <laughs> I I think it was one last rib. They wanted to put you on the spot there. <laughs> they did if they were trying to rib me but they did it right did uh vince mcmahon say anything to you after the speech he hugged me he said it was awesome he says one of the most entertaining speeches he's ever heard and that, that made me feel really good because there have been a lot of good hall of fame speeches and he had no problem getting all that milk on himself huh i <laughs> know he well i got most of it okay. <laughs> but um uh well, because I drank it, but yeah, when I hugged Vince, yeah, but but we hugged with our asses out. It was oh. <laughs> so he didn't get too much milk on him. <laughs> that sounds like a T-shirt right there. We hugged with our asses out. We have to check that out. Box of gimmicks. Uh, Justin twenty five says, "Did you enjoy TNA's six sided ring, and how much more difficult was it to work in rather than the standard square you were used to in WWE?" Well, six sided ring is faster paced. It's a smaller ring. There are six sides. Uh, it's probably two to three feet smaller than the WWE ring. So when you're coming off the ropes, you have one step before you connect with your opponent. In the WWE ring, you have two or three steps before you connect. So the match is a lot quicker. Like you have to react a lot faster. Other than that, there's not much of a difference. Now, I have heard this from some performers about the six sided ring. Is it harder to get your footing? when you're on the top rope because they're spread out a little more rather than a direct 90 degree angle, like four sided ring. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot harder because it's a wider angle and uh, you need to place your feet. And especially if you're so used to doing it in a WWE ring, and then you go to the six sided ring, it's a huge adjustment. And, uh, but, but it's not that difficult. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of an adjustment, uh, it's not a big deal. I, you know, you, you, I have never seen anybody actually slip off the top rope on a six sided ring. So obviously it doesn't make that much of a difference. Stevie green says Oakmont PA loves our Olympic hero. My question Hello, for my hero is if you were booking WWE today, who would your champions be and what would be your WrestleMania main event? Thank you for all your honesty and keep up the great work. Oh, thank you. Um, my my two champions are the two best in the company, Roman Reigns and Randy Orton. But WrestleMania main event, a new one, one I would love to see would be AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. I think that match would be incredible. I would love to see that at WrestleMania as a main event. Uh, both of those guys are unbelievable in the ring. I don't think anyone would disagree with you on that front. What are your thoughts on the two night WrestleMania, Kurt? The two night WrestleMania? Uh, they're splitting. So the show was 
as oh oh know, yeah 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 you mean the back to back how they have split it up over the course of two nights now rather than one seven hour extravaganza. Well, I you know what uh, I'm not going to lie to you. WrestleMania has been a lot more difficult to watch when it's seven hours. Um, so uh, that's 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 they they started uh, really overbooking WrestleMania to the point where. You know, when you go five, six, seven hours, people's attention spans can't keep up that well. I mean, that's that's really difficult. So I think them splitting it in half might have been a good idea. Um, I could be wrong, but I think that, um, you know, splitting it in half and going three hours each night might be a better idea than going six or seven in one night. Well, they've done it the last two years, and we'll see how they do it in Dallas as well. RMD says... Uh, Kurt, who arranged your trip to Afghanistan in 2003? I was there for that. And how great was it to be with Robin Williams? Oh, well, by the way, thank you for serving, my friend. Um, the USO uh, uh, put it together. Uh, General Myers, the joint, joint chief of staff at the time, was there. We were on Air Force Two. We flew around in Air Force Two, which was the vice president's plane, which was totally awesome. And being with Robin Williams, and there was also Leanne Tweeden from the Best Damn Sports Show, and Mike Wallace, the NASCAR race car driver. We were all together on this plane. And the crazy thing is, Robin Williams would not shut up. He was so <laughs> funny. He, he cracked jokes the whole time. It got so bad that at one point, he went to the bathroom, and when he came back, I was faking like I was sleeping because I was tired of hearing him cracking jokes. He just goes on and on and on just forever. And uh, he, he never stops. It's just everything is a joke to him. It, it was, but, you know, unfortunately, we lost Robin Williams yeah. a few years ago. Unfortunately, that, that really sucked because he was an incredible performer. Legend. And, uh, he, he really is an actor, comedian. He had it all. And it's a very sad story to see him pass away. I can't even imagine how difficult some of those trips overseas are in terms of travel, especially for someone that has had your injury history. So hopefully well, to lighten that up, it helped a little bit. You know what? It, it did. Uh, you know, Rob Williams was great. Uh, but the, the cool thing was going over there for the troops to, to go over there and uh, to meet all of them, uh, to know that they're, um, you know, fighting for our freedom, protecting our country, uh, you know, you know, doing what they had to do in Afghanistan and uh, Iraq. It was really cool to go over there and represent them and, and say thank you to them. Uh, I want to thank every soldier that's ever uh, served in uh, the, the armed forces. I want to thank you for your service. Uh, I love you guys. 100% echo those sentiments as well, Kurt. Dan Potts, was it ever pitched to you to do anything with Otis and Chad Gable? Now they are doing their Alpha Academy stuff. It's been pretty entertaining, shoot-style kind of wrestling stable they got going on there. Anything ever yeah, thrown away? I, I wouldn't mind doing it. Not only are they great amateur wrestlers, they're entertaining too, especially Otis. You know, um, I think uh, I might have been able to be a part of that, but I think they started that after I left the company. So there wasn't a possibility of me coming back and, and managing them. The WWE did offer me to manage Matt Riddle, um, and uh, I didn't take it at the time because I, I had some other uh, um, uh, commitments. And, uh, but Otis and Chad Gable, 
that would have been awesome. Managing them, we would have had a lot of fun doing those segments. Again, I'd get a ton of tweets if I didn't ask this. Was there ever any interest on your end of coming in and managing or working with American Alpha, Jason Jordan and Chad Gable? Yeah, I wanted to do that. Um, I'm not sure why Vince didn't uh, decide to do that. Instead, he made Jason Jordan my son. <laughs> uh, and Chad Gable had no relationship to me whatsoever. I would have probably done the opposite, but um, I also think that um, those guys would have been the new team angle and it would have been a, a really good run. Um, I'm not sure why Vince didn't want to do it. Uh, it's, it's actually very disappointing because, uh, you know, the team angle didn't even get to the level that we could have team angle only survived for like eight months. It wasn't a long uh, period for that faction. So to reignite it with Chad Gable and Otis uh, or, or, or Jason Jordan uh, would have been uh, incredible. I think that we could have done that for a good three or four years and had a great run. And then on top of that, they had Chad Gable and Sheldon Benjamin teaming together for a period of time, which seems like a natural pairing with you. Yes, uh, especially Sheldon. He was part of Team Angle. So uh, I would have loved to have all of them as part of my faction. That would have been incredible. And we could have been a Survivor Series team. Uh, you're getting me angry here, Kurt. Getting hot about <laughs> I'm this. from the couch. <laughs> uh, I'm getting hot about this. It could have been yeah. so great because you're absolutely right in every way there. But you know what? You got a son out of it. So that's that's all that matters. <laughs> yes, Blood is thicker than water, Kurt. That's all that matters. You're absolutely right. <laughs> that's my son, Jason Jordan. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> hey, he's doing a great job right now as a producer backstage. So he is. Uh, kudos yeah. to Jason Jordan here. Uh, Alex Commentaries asks, what was your most dangerous moonsault that you ever did in a steel cage match? Oh, man, they were all dangerous. Uh, but I did one in TNA. Uh, the TNA cage was about two feet higher than the WWE cage. The first time I did a, a moonsault off a cage was against Chris Benoit in WWE. And um, I actually had to have knee surgery because of it. Wow. Uh, but I ended up, uh, the most dangerous one I did was when I, I moonsaulted on top of Ken Anderson in TNA. And the ring, the cage was about two feet higher than the WWE cage. And when I came down, I landed right on his face. Oh, oh. <laughs> my, my hip landed right on his face. I almost broke his nose. Uh, but um, that, that I jammed my toes into the ring from that. And uh, my toes were never the same. They're still not the same. <laughs> I got some major arthritis in my toes from that moonsault. It was very dangerous. I believe Cody Rhodes broke part of his foot doing the moonsault off the cage on Wardlow back on Dynamite as well a couple of years ago. And I wouldn't it, doubt it. There's just there's no way to really practice that, right? Oh, you can't practice it. You can you can you know put a pad down, but the pad's not going to help much. Might just might as well just do it. You know that's what I did the first time I did it. I got up there and I said I can do it, and I, I never practiced it. I just. I uh, did, did it. The first time I did it was the first time with Chris Benoit uh, and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was actually watching it from the announce table. I remember that. And uh, the match was incredible. Uh, the crazy thing about that match was we're doing so much crazy stuff that Austin was like, I ain't working with these two assholes. ever." <laughs> <laughs> like he was like, these guys are crazy. We were trying to impress them because we wanted to work with them. And he was like, these guys are freaking nuts. I'm not working with these guys. So it was, it actually backfired on us. <laughs> Coming from the king of landed in stiff kid. 
that, that that's that's pretty funny to hear. Uh, and we got a couple from John Moran here. First, uh, other than testing and the wellness programs, are there any other drug prevention methods in the wrestling industry, like mentors in the locker room to help the younger people? No, there aren't. But, you know, there, there are some of the agents that can give advice, uh, but we don't talk about it much in the locker room. Um, you know, it, it, the, the good thing is the WWE, especially the WWE, has a great uh, wellness policy, a great drug program. I mean, you're not allowed to take anything anymore. The, the, you know, they really protect these guys, and rightfully so. That's how it should have been, uh, you know, back in the 90s and the early 2000s. Unfortunately, it wasn't until about around 2005 or six. But the wellness policy is incredible, and they're, they're doing a really good job of keeping the guys off drugs. Every day we're processing more and more information, news, opinions, social media, apps, new technology. And if you're trying to stay ahead of the curve, your brain needs to be firing on all cylinders. Let me ask you, what are you feeding your brain? If you're getting brain fog, maybe you're having trouble concentrating or remembering things. It could be that your brain is not getting the nutrients it needs to perform at its best. And that's why we like to encourage you to try total mind. Total Mind is a daily nootropic supplement specifically designed to help your cognitive function. A blend of key vitamins, minerals, and DMAE, a naturally occurring compound that has been shown to increase the neurotransmitter production and prevent age-related decline in memory loss. Total Mind is the latest in a new line of products from our friends at Legacy Sports Nutrition. Try a 30-day supply of Total Mind now and see the results for yourself. Go to LegacySupps.com and use the promo code ANGLE to save 10% off your entire order. That's LegacySupps.com and use the promo code ANGLE to save 10% off your entire order. You've got to try Total Mind. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. That's LegacySupps. That's LegacySupps.com. And be sure to use that promo code ANGLE to save 10% off your entire order. And he asked, how would 1996 Kurt have handled the creative ideas given to 1999 Kurt? Now, you said earlier, and you've told this story many times, that you marched into Bruce Pritchard's office. You said, I can't lose. I can never be booked to lose. And I imagine that that Kurt changed a lot. So how would he have handled some of the ideas given to you upon your debut? I probably would have refused all of them. (laughs) I, I didn't understand the business. I didn't understand about putting people putting each other over, uh, about elevating each other, making it a team effort that you can create all these superstars and make them all rise to the top. Um, I thought it was every man for themselves and I wasn't willing to do anything crazy. I, uh, you know, the, the crazy thing is I did a lot of crazy stuff cause I started to get it. You know, I started watching it in 1998 and understanding it. Uh, you know, like in 1996, I went to ECW one night and they did this crucifixion and I got offended. And, uh, you know, three years later, WWE did the same thing with uh, Undertaker and Austin. And I wasn't so offended anymore because I understood the business. So that that's a good comparison. I feel like if ECW is your first real exposure to pro wrestling, that's kind of baptism by fire as is. <laughs> it definitely is. It's freaking crazy. Those guys are nuts. It's a little much, but you know what? You, you worked with some of the very best that ever came out of ECW, and I love the hell out of all those matches. Um, and our last question comes to us uh, from at John Albuquerque. And Kurt, you know, I was a sportscaster for years, and uh, 
I got this gold here, and I know you were a sportscaster. Oh, nice. I know you were a sportscaster. and yes, for a year. You didn't get a chance to snag one of these Emmys. So John Alba wants to know, would you ever consider exchanging one of your Olympic golds for an Emmy award? <laughs> Hell no. Okay. <laughs> With no, an explanation I, point. I just had to. Um, I will tell you this. That this sportscasting is a lot harder than people could ever imagine. Yes, it is. It is freaking crazy. And, and when I did it, I didn't have any proper training. It was a startup station. And, uh, you know, I went in rehearsed two nights for an hour each. And, uh, the first night on the air, um, when I went live, um, I walked in the studio and all my scripts, I ran to the producer and all my scripts went in here. I think you probably heard the story. And um, he said, pick them up. I said, well, what am I going to do with them? He said, just read the teleprompter. So uh, we're starting and it says time for the angle on sports. That's what they called it. And uh, when, when um, I popped up on the camera, the, the, uh, the Tron, the, the prompt teleprompter went blank, went black. So there were no words to read. And I'm just sitting there looking at the camera and they're like, say something, Kurt, say anything. Kurt. <laughs> I'm like, uh, Duquesne basketball had a game today. Let's go to the highlights. <laughs> and I didn't know any of these players' names. I'm like, there's number 62 with the layup. And it, it, it was the longest eight minutes of my life. And when I got done, uh, the, the sport, the newscaster and the weather girl, we were all, the scripts were everywhere. We were trying to get them together and get them in order. And, uh, you know, every time we went to a different sport, I picked the wrong sport because oh, I didn't no. have the scripts in front of me. So we started with basketball. Then we went to baseball and it was actually golf. <laughs> so I kept messing up through the whole eight minutes. And, uh, but we got through it. And, uh, my, my weekday sports anchor came to me and said, Kurt, I've been doing this 18 years. That never happened to me once. <laughs> I was like, well, thank you. Cause, uh, first time I go on the air, it's, it's the first thing that happens to me. Just my luck. Well, my third day on air in my career, I, I had to, you so see, you went right to the big leagues. I had to go to uh, the, the, the Indies, uh, Bangor, Maine. I was at the ABC and Fox affiliate and my third day on air, the power went out. And those stories that you just said, they happen all around the country. So I, I live through that. I feel that secondhand embarrassment and people don't understand that you've got someone talking in your ear the whole time. It is. And you have to read the cameras, make sure which lights on you have to stare yep. at that camera and you have people talking to you, telling you what to say, what to do. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's mayhem. It really is. I hated it. I absolutely despised it. I didn't want to do it anymore. I spent a year and I said, I'm done. And, and you know what? They probably would have fired me before I quit, <laughs> but I, I wanted to, shove it in their face and say, you know what? I'm quitting. You're not firing me. So, uh, it, you know, it, it just, I wish that I would have prepared better for it. I wish that, you know, I would have taken a class and went to school or even uh, if they would have, you know, invited me in a month early and had me, you know, uh, uh, study a little bit, yeah. train a little bit for a month or so that would have been awesome, but I didn't have that luxury. Well, I'll tell you this, Kurt. If I had not had my sports casting career, I would not be sitting down talking on the Kurt Angle you show right. <laughs> with, with the Olympic hero himself, Kurt Angle. And I'm so grateful that we had a chance here to answer some of these great questions. Again, in the future, when we do these Ask Kurt episodes, all you got to do is hashtag Ask Kurt, 
at the angle pod and we'll pull those questions in and you get a chance to talk to one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. And I think that's pretty cool. And next week, I am so jealous if I don't get a chance to host this episode, Kurt, because we are talking Survivor Series 2001, the 10 man Survivor Series winner takes all match. It ended one of the most infamous angles in pro wrestling history, the invasion. You are an influential part of that match. And quite frankly, Kurt, it is one of my favorite WWE main events ever. How looking forward are you to talking about this big time main event? Well, this main event put me in a different light. Yes, it did. Another level. And uh, it, it was, it was a big uh, break for me in my career. The, this is what really made me. And this match at Survivor Series, uh, the the whole invasion angle, uh, me uh, being the guy that saved the company, even though I ended up turning heel the next day. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was really cool to be a part of that and to know that I was going to be elevated into a status uh, that is in you know in the very very top talents. That, 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 that's what, uh, that's where you want to go. That's what you want to be. And that's where I was. Kurt, I have watched that main event a million times and the reaction that occurs once you get involved with the finish and Earl Hebner's slow count, it is art. And I cannot wait to hear you talk about this main event. That's next week on the angle show. You can check us out on social media as well. Of course, at the angle pod and Kurt at real Kurt angle, the Kurt angle show on YouTube. We're uploading clips every single week to that. So go check that out. The Kurt angle show. And I know you got a whole lot to plug my friend because you just got off the Jericho cruise. Not long ago. I'm sure you had a nice little snack by your side for that. Didn't you? (laughs) I had my chicken snacks. And you know what? A lot of fans had them too. I was really surprised. Uh, this is the chicken snacks. We have snack smart, crispy protein bites, organic pl- protein as, as well. And uh, you can get these at physicallyfit.com. High protein, low carbohydrate. They taste incredible. We have flavors, Kung Pao, uh, Buffalo wing and blue cheese, Sriracha, cinnamon swirl, honey mustard, we have them all, 11 different flavors. They're incredible. You're going to absolutely love them. Go to physicallyfit.com. Yeah, Mrs. Angle told me they are all over the Angle household. And I asked if she could send some my way. And she said, no, John, you got to use promo code ANGLEPOD because then you're going to get 20% off your order. <laughs> That's my wife. <laughs> no freebies. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Uh, these things are great and full of protein. So go check those out. Tons of different flavors as well. And they should also head over to KurtAngleBrand.com because you are just giving the fans an opportunity to get up close in person with their favorite merchandise. And you're also offering a very special deal where if they send you uh, maybe a, a picture that they took with you years ago or something that they want autographed, you'll even send it right back to them. Yeah, you sent it to me. The address on the website, KurtAngleBrand.com. Look up the address, send it to me. I will personalize it, sign it to you. You uh, send me a prepaid postage envelope and uh, a small donation for charity. I will return that uh, personalized message or autograph to you. Uh, Also on my website, I have cowboy hats, birthday cards. uh, Geez, I got T-shirts. Um, uh, photographs, uh, I milk cartons, I got them all and it's very affordable. I kept the prices very low, uh, because I want to show my appreciation to all the fans. And no one's going to come to you five minutes before you order it and tell you to get the props out. So that's the best part about it. 
KurtAngleBrand.com. It's a place you can get all that good stuff. Kurt, anything else you want to add to all these fans that ask so many great questions on this episode? No, I just want to say thank you for listening to the Kurt Angle Show. I really do appreciate it. And I love all you guys and girls out there. That we do, Kurt. It was an absolute pleasure. I've interviewed Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, but nothing was quite like talking to the Olympic gold medalist himself. It's true. It's true. Absolutely. (laughs) And we'll see you guys next week on the Kurt Angle Show. Boy, we just love talking about our friend Steven Singer. And I'll tell you, the competition must really hate Steven Singer. You see, Steven's not focusing on sales, coupons, or discounts. No, no. Steven is in the love business. And to celebrate love with his guests means giving the very best price every single day. Steven is the first to offer the perfect price. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down to make you feel like you're getting a deal. The guy next to you may be paying less. Is that how you want to purchase something special for someone special? Steven doesn't play those pricing games. You can trust Steven Singer Jewelers for the best value every single day. He stands behind that value with the best guarantee in the business and no risk shopping. That's why we trust Steven Singer. Buy real jewelry from a real jeweler. Visit Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. It's I hate Steven singer.com. That's I hate Steven singer.com. Guys, let's get serious for a second here and talk about a medical condition that might be a bit stigmatized or misunderstood in our society. Low testosterone. Did you know that millions of men in the U S suffer from low testosterone and that number is only increasing. In fact, our father's generations had more testosterone than we do today. And the scientific community is starting to believe that environmental factors are a cause of this. Are you always tired, having trouble gaining muscle mass, lacking focus and stamina? Your testosterone might be to blame. Here's the thing. Testosterone is so much more than just a sex hormone and optimizing your levels can not only lead to a better libido, but also impact your energy, body composition, and overall mood. In fact, the single largest complaint their customers make is to have more energy so they can feel like themselves and take care of their responsibilities. The great news is that our sponsor Hone Health is here to help. Hone is the fastest growing men's health clinic in the country and makes it easy to get testing and treatment from the comfort of home using real physicians, real science, and real FDA approved methods of treatment. All you have to do is complete your at-home assessment And once the results are ready, you'll video chat with a licensed physician to go over the results and discuss treatment options customized for your specific needs. Your doctor approved medication gets delivered to your door every month, like clockwork. And they check in with you every 90 days. Hone has helped tens of thousands of men all across the United States. Although I'm no medical expert, Hone Health is, and they'll be there with you every step of the way. For a limited time, listeners of our show can get the at-home assessment and a video chat with a licensed physician for only $45. Don't wait any longer. Head over to their website using our special link, honehealth.com forward slash angle to claim your offer. That's honehealth.com forward slash angle. That's H-O-N-E-H-E-A-L-T-H.com forward slash angle. That's honehealth.com forward slash angle. That's H-O-N-E, health.com forward slash angle. 
John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? Yeah, how many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.